2: Welcome to Reality Vites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak.
1: And I'm Steve Hernandez, with one thing on my mind. Dodger Blue, baby.
2: <laughs> Is that sex and dating?
1: <laughs> no, but I can't. <laughs> uh, the producer Mike and I here, you know, he's a big Dodger fan too, but it's today's Game 7. Whenever you hear this, it's going to be Game 7. I'm so tired of the playoffs. I'm so tired. I love baseball, but it it, it just has you by the balls, man. Like yeah, I have to go to every game. I have to care about every game. I'm so ready for it to be over.
2: Are you mad at the fair weather fans that are scooping up all these expensive uh, tickets nah, now? I don't
1: care. That's fine. I, I'm not going to pay $1,000 for a ticket. Um, but I am looking forward to it to be over. Uh, I'm looking forward to taking a month off of drinking. I'm so tired of drinking.
2: Is that part of... Watching Dodgers.
1: Play. Yeah, you got to go out with your boys. You got to go. Today, I think I'm, there's going to be like maybe 10 or 12 comics. Dan Gill, Chris Garcia, Dave Van uh A bunch of our ladies are going to be with us. We're going to go at the public house, and we're going to be cheering and high-fiving. It's, it's super fun. It's what life's all about. But I need to get my life back, man. I'm, like, being irresponsible with watching Dodger games. I'm a comic, so when you take away my night, it's like, I just feel like a loser, man. (laughs) But I'm I'm ready to, to come back, so...
2: We were text. I texted Steve about something the other day, and he responded something semi-coherent. And then the next text was, "I'm so drunk right
1: now." Courtney, <laughs> please leave me alone. Courtney's like, "You got to get a life, man." What? She'll, she'll post stuff. Do you see when she posts stuff, Mike? She'll post something like at 9 p.m. on a Friday. I'm like, "Would you go get some friends or something?" <laughs> That's she so texts me mean. stuff about on a weekend, and I'm like, I know you're just home with your dog or something, but dude, the rest of us have lives and friendships and stuff, okay?
2: You know what? I, okay. That's valid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I did think about this, too, because one cool thing about being a stand-up comic is you do just have a social circle. You have like a bunch of, and you're like a, you're like an entrepreneur, you're a hustler. You got like two or three things going on.
2: I'm not. Like texting you because I'm lonely. I'm I, just I like know. working on my shit. I know, but
1: I'm just saying though that we've got stuff, we've got a whole social network plugged in all the time. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, like Sophia's got the same thing where yeah. it's like a little bit more uh, built in. And if you're just more of like a writer comic, then you have to find that sh- shit yourself. And also, just like, yeah, my friend's circle has just changed yeah. in the last year. And I went through that period definitely pretty hardcore, where, like, Wade and I only wanted to hang out with each other. Yeah.
1: First six months, that's so, yeah. Happens.
2: But, honestly, we're kind of still in that little bubble. Well, where they like, say
1: new relationship energy is, like, between six months and a year and a half. That's what they say.
2: Well, I'm still feeling it.
1: Yeah, you're on the drugs, man.
2: Yeah. So, and, like, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him if we, like, spend too much time apart. I know like, <laughs> I know that's lame. Last week, he went to uh, this, like, wellness retreat, which I, uh, he kindly dubbed Fat Camp.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but that was, like, almost a week. Yeah. Um, and I I've, that's probably actually why I was extra texting you, because um, I had time to do stuff, like, catch up on stuff that I was like, oh, my God, where is all this time coming from? And it's because, like, I wasn't just snuggling with him <laughs> and now I'm going to Cabo this weekend
1: yeah just you just for just three me. days four yeah days. so
2: I'm going on this press trip it's my first one I don't know exactly what to expect even though I have a, a full itinerary yeah um but I'll give you guys a full report back <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be fun, the vacation with yourself, right?
2: It is. And I think there will be some other writers on the trip. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they have some, like, kind of specific... I think it's partri- partially sponsored by the tourism board. Yeah. And so there's, like, some specific stuff they want us to see. And um, Land's End is, like, the beautiful, like, archway of Cabo. And I think I'm staying... In that area, and it's like breathtaking. I mean, I've only seen uh, the footage. What are those little things called? Drone. I've only seen the drone footage,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it looks pretty good. So,
1: well, I, I, got you. Better get at least one bikini pic out of this thing because you, know. you've been lacking. You I haven't know. been posting hardly anything, and people are trying to get pissed. A lot of the writers, Reality Bites writers, have been writing into me, complaining. <laughs>
2: Shut up. Okay, so, but today, we've got, this is like a special bonus episode, because we want to get this out before these ladies' um, awesome event that they're throwing at the Springs this weekend.
1: Yeah, Saturday, November 4th, uh, it's the Sex and, uh, Cycles and Sex, is it Sex and Cycles or Cycles and Sex?
2: Cycles and Sex.
1: Yeah, they're doing a whole day, and you'll hear us talk about it, uh, about, um cycles and sex and bleeding and hormones and uh yeah it was scary to me at first too as a man hearing all those <laughs> things put all together but as you'll listen to on the podcast these uh women have a lot of amazing information and it make, really makes you think about women's bodies it made me think about it in a in a to appreciate them more and how fantastic they truly are uh, i'm really looking forward to the event on saturday
2: yeah it's super interesting what you we were saying too about how some of it seems like like witchy a little bit because y- when you read historical things women just could only had themselves to rely on for a period of time like even like uh Sacagawea like had to induce her own abortion essentially when they were on the trail am i saying am i saying the right
1: i've never heard this You've story never before. Heard this? It, no. yeah
2: but like women did know their cycles like that and did know the like I mean obviously uh the women we're talking about most of the women that that are in their community want to get pregnant but like I just think it's fascinating that it wasn't doctors for the longest time cuz you didn't have access to doctors so I don't know. We're all witches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but make sure you guys uh, go check out the event. It's this Saturday, November 4th. I believe it starts at noon, but follow them on Instagram, and that, that'll give you all the information you need. It's Cycles and Sex. I think that's just all it is. Yeah, right?
2: it's a great. And totally follow them regardless of whether you can make the event or not. It's just a fascinating Insta to, to follow along to. So here we go. You guys, we are so excited about today's guests. We have the two founder creators of Cycles and Sex, Mm -hmm. Ashley Spivak and Natalia Hales. Did I get those right? Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) You guys. I'm like, that's my only one. That's the only one I've gotten right. You're
0: really good. (laughs) Nailed
2: it. Thank you guys so much for coming. You you came right after getting off a plane. True. So this is like... (laughs) True Reality Bites Commitment. Um, I think you're our first guest that can kind of speak to um, some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. We have You're both doulas, True. correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was just telling them before we started, like, I'm at this kind of point in my, I'm, like, approaching mid-30s. And, like, I'm kind of, deci- or my career will probably decide if ultimately, like, I will have kids or not. But I'm fascinated by like watching new moms and learning as much as I can about like the being pregnant, what that is actually like. And I'm so excited to at download all my questions on yeah. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on on your site, you have this kind of like um, FAQ video of people kind of saying they're Things that they've had, long had questions, unanswered questions related to um, sex and hormones and um, all that kind of stuff. Um, So what do you think are the biggest misconceptions um, that inspired you to start, found your organization?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many. So as you shared, we're both birth doulas. So that's the perspective in which we came into doing this work was really seeing while working in the field, if Uh you will, just this disconnect between people and their bodies and as a culture, how we don't talk about birth, we don't know anything about it. Everything we know comes from the media, which is totally falsified. And so we're all petrified of it. So it, from the beginning, one of our goals has always been how do we get people talking about this sooner so that they can have more empowered um, experiences when when it is, if it is, their time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was sort of our entryway into this. And of course, that relates back to the cycle and that re- relates back to sex. And they're never talked about as interconnected totally. to one another. They're always thought about separate thought about a separate um so that's sort of how we came into it and you know just seeing too that people are really disconnected from their cycles right now um so many of us have been on birth control for over a decade so we're not cycling and that's not to say birth control hormonal birth control is bad or good it's just factual that so many of us don't know our cycles and so i think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is Is that how our cycle works? There's so much emphasis on the bleeding period and not about the cycle itself and all the information Mm -hmm. that it can give to us about our inner ecosystem and overall health and well-being. Um, So I think that comes up a lot. When
1: you say the cycle, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean?
0: So that means, so actually, and for biological men as well, you also cycle. You guys have a 24. Men have cycles? They do. Yours is 24 hours. Oh, so and that's
1: no. why we're PMSing all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're lying Exactly. Down. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you have a daily cycle and we have a monthly cycle. And so, you know, the average, quote unquote, is 28 days, which is what the pill tries to mimic. But in reality, very few of us actually have a 28 day cycle. But, you know, back in the day when they were looking at the moon and the phases, that's what it was based upon was a moon cycle. And so it's really the fluctuations in our hormones throughout the entire month, which dictate what happens internally to our body and can also give us clues as to, you know, whether maybe there's a, we have a cyst or some other type of um, growth or imbalance or something happening. How many
1: parts, uh, how many parts in a woman's cycle
0: so it kind of depends on who you speak to, but there's the follicular phase, um, the luteal phase, there's ovulation, and then of course there's, there's bleeding as well.
1: What, what Some do, people can you,
0: classify them
1: What, what do those oh, those phases mean, like uh, the ones you just said? Yeah, so... I, I've heard of ovulation and... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Of course. This but is the
2: 101 level. <laughs> we're like, no, <laughs> that's for, it's exactly
0: well, yeah, that because uh, no yeah, one yeah,
1: knows. I was, I was looking yeah. at the website and everything, and I'm like, I can't get a grasp on what this is about, really. We usually talk about sex and dating and all this stuff, but this is coming from a much more like a natural scientific way, yeah, which I've, totally. never, I've never thought about them or even having... Uh, of course, you know, I know when a woman's ovulating, they're, they're aroused more and stuff. But what do the other things mean, too? Yeah,
0: totally. So actually, so when this is a fun one that relates to sex is that the cervix changes position and and, um, and uh, consistency, too, throughout the month. So sex positions can feel different at certain times. Ah. And so sometimes you may notice that, oh, my gosh, this position sucks out. And it may just be where you are in your cycle, which is kind of fun to, to think about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so in the beginning of the cycle, you're building up follicles. Well, you have follicles, but you're, you're waiting for the egg to mature to then drop. Um, that's what ovulation is. And then after that, you're building up the uterine lining, and that's to support pregnancy if conception were to occur so that there can be growth, and that's the last part of the cycle. And then if there's not, it sheds, and you start all over again.
2: And so, like, how dramatic – I mean, I feel – I, I I never – it's so interesting, and when I was reading up on you guys, too, there was – to me, it's, like, the hormones are the thing we talk about the least, almost, or, like, only in the most broad sense of, like, cheese PMS, and her, you know, whatever. But, like, I feel s- super strongly – like, they must be st- – super impactful on my life because like some i i definitely am feeling different things yeah Yeah. it's
3: that that's the thing the more you know about these things the more you know yourself and it really gives you tools to live your life in like a completely Mm -hmm. different way because as you cycle you know your your levels of energy rise and drop depending on where you're at at your cycle the pms you know like a lot of us experience certain symptoms but sometimes like, some people talk about, like, how PMS is not, like, something that we have to necessarily live with. That is, there's, like, an imbalance in the hormones that you can balance with diet. And just kind of really paying attention to what's going on to your mm-hmm. cycle. Oh. So there's just so much stuff that you can learn just by basically having a cycle, first of all. And then paying attention to it. Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, what what can you do to... if I If I was having, like, really intense... Um, PMS symptoms. Mm-hmm. What are some kind of like natural things that I could do to alleviate that? And I know it's like case by case, but kind of broad strokes.
0: Yeah, totally. So first off, one of our um, one of our crewmates of Cycles and Sex, Alyssa Vitti, uh, she has a whole program called My Flow, and she has so much amazing work. Um, around the cycle and different exercise that you can do depending upon where you are in your cycle, when the best time to have a job interview is because, you know, at certain parts of the cycle you tend to be more outgoing and other parts of the cycle, particularly when you're bleeding, you tend to want to kind of go inwards Uh a little bit more. Um, So, you know, foods, exercise, things like that for PMS in particular, sometimes um, there's, I mean, cannabis now actually is really interesting. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. um, That can help you know, mitigate some of some of those issues. Obviously, it depends on where you live to have mm-hmm. access uh-huh. to that. Boo boo, California. Yeah, exactly. Here, here it's accessible, and I think to me that's that's fascinating. Um, that's my personal bias, but <laughs> but yeah, then you know, heat packs. I mean, right. There's two aspects to it. One is just is you know, mending the issue, so Uh the band-aid, so okay, I don't feel well, I'm going to put heat, I'm going to take cannabis, but then there's the real root of the issue, which is what is causing this discomfort to begin with, and is that something that could be corrected?
2: And sometimes sometimes, like diet and exercise are the kinds of things that Mm -hmm. that do correct it.
3: Yeah, and doing things like, you know, getting acupuncture, working with an herbalist, I mean, there's many different approaches that you can take, and it's like really very, you know, depends on what's going on, Uh, There's no, like, right answer or, you know, one way. Um, What we always say, and, you know, this is something that's true through pregnancy, labor, and everything that we're trying to do in terms of reproductive health is, like, you have to find your way. And for you to do that, you have to know your body. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how we, you know, you know your body better than anybody else. And so if you're not taking charge of that, who is? You can go to a doctor, they can give you a pill. But is that really doing, you know, much? Um, and what what else is that doing?
2: Right. So 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 now there are like I have like a a Clue app yeah. where I can kind of track my cycle a little bit, mm-hmm. and I try to do that because it's really helpful <laughs> to know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just be like. Feel my boobs and be like, ah, oh, okay, something's oh, this happening." Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have any recommendations, kind of in the realm of how to track and and make the most use of the signals that your body's giving you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you know, there's there's lots of great apps out there. Um, that, that can help you with that. Um, the main the fertility awareness method, which is kind of like the natural way of tracking your cycle, can be used for you know, just what we're talking about, knowing your body, but also if you're trying to prevent pregnancy or even trying to get pregnant, is a method that can be very helpful. And it basically asks you to, um, or teaches you to track three things. One is the position of your cervix, which what, like Ash was saying, changes Uh as you cycle the other one is the cervical mucus which also changes throughout the cycle
0: it needs a new name
3: (laughs) 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 yes um and then the third one is your temperature so you're supposed to take your temperature every morning uh as soon as you wake up because your temperature rises as soon as you ovulate Ah. so it's like a, a way to confirm that you're actually ovulating so how do you track, like,
2: do you f- do you feel your cervix and you yeah. can tell that way?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that's actually sort of like the optional one. Um, the two that's really giving you the information is your cervical fluid and your temperature. Um, the temperature can only tell you right after you've ovulated so what the fluid's really good for and changes in consistency is to tell you you know you're leading up to your fertile window Uh because you it's you know which you know I remember growing up and being like oh my god anytime sperm comes like near my leg I can get pregnant but there's really a very short window that you can actually get pregnant each Ah. part of your cycle which to me was mind-blowing I felt like I had been lied to my whole life because I was always so petrified that I was gonna get pregnant and it really is a short window I mean you have to learn how to figure out when that window is. But that's what the fluid will help tell you because of the change in consistency.
2: Like, yes, we all laugh about that the cervical mucus needs a new name. But growing up, that felt like the... Like, when you first start to experience that, it it feels like the biggest... Like grossest, right. totally flag that right. must be only happening to you. Totally. Right. Oh my gosh.
3: Yes. Totally. You're so embarrassed. Nobody tells you it's normal, and nobody tells you ever that's useful. You yeah. Know? yeah. Why? Why you're producing right. this disgusting and thing? It's, thing yeah. you know?
0: And then it's cleaning you. Literally, it means you're healthy. But yeah, having like you know leaving out old underwear on the floor and like inviting someone over, <laughs> and it's like. Great! That is my discharge-stained <laughs> underwear on the floor right now. So embarrassing! Oh my god!
1: <laughs> so, how what exactly does that test consist of when you test your? your fluid
0: you're just using your fingers and you're just it's literally like you know you put your leg awkwardly up somehow you know on the shower using your your uh, toilet or whatever it is and you're just sticking your fingers in there and then pulling it out and kind of seeing it it may be stretchy it may look like egg white there may be nothing there it might be dry um
3: basically they say it's egg white when you're the most fertile and the reason why that is is because that's the environment that's gonna allow sperm to stay alive
0: oh yeah interesting it's like protective layer because the vagina is so acidic that it would die if it didn't have it's like it didn't have this like escort. Know, magical escort <laughs> yeah <laughs> now
1: this all seems very witchy to me the whole, the whole art of all of this stuff so i'm just wondering did, was there a time in history where women would pass down this information and then we lost it or is this just a new thing
0: Well, I mean, now we have like science and data to prove it. So I think it's coming back because as a society, that's what we look towards for information, which is awesome. And so I think that's really cool that it's actually science and data as well. But yeah, I mean, this is age old stuff. This is how how it all started. Mm -hmm. So it's
2: like it's old information that is now being proven To be true, it is witchy because that's we just had our covens. That's all we had. Yeah, that's how we had. Well, and plus,
1: it's just everything that I mean. For I don't know how long now. It's whenever a woman talks about her body in any way, it's like people get grossed out by it. In the past, you know, even. Yeah, when whenever we talk about blood or anything, but I I guess we're just coming to the place again where we understand how natural everything is and there's absolutely nothing gross about it yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We came from Puritan times, you know, it's hard to, to break out of that, I think. It takes a long time.
1: And we've gotta rename this mucus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I imagine from like if you're following your body in this way, and I feel like even I don't know. Even as a woman who's sometimes like checked out of my own own uh, cycle or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of clues to to be gathered. But if you were having trouble getting pregnant, Mm -hmm. you could probably glean some information. Absolutely, Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, looking at the different length of of the different parts of the cycle that we were talking about before, you know, you may notice that your cervical fluid never is like egg white. And maybe it's, you you don't really have very much fertile cervical fluid. And that could be something you can go to your doctor, your practitioner, your acupuncturist, whoever your team is, and bring that information to them.
3: Mm. That's the number one thing that when you talk to fertility doctors, they talk about is like, People come into their offices saying, I've been trying for a year, I'm not pregnant, I don't know what's going on. And then when they do some digging, a lot of times it's like you're not having sex at the right time. Because that window is so short when you're actually ovulating and you're fertile. But most people think, like Ash was saying, that the window is much larger um so it can be like really really helpful or they're told
0: to have sex on day 14 because on a 28 day cycle that's when you quote unquote ovulate which is so not the case for so many people
2: so some people are probably going to receive fertility treatments that in fact could kind of like fix their fertility issue by doing some natural
0: yeah i mean we who are we to really necessarily say that but i mean there's so many factors that play into fertility or in quote-unquote infertility um and definitely the rate of artificial tech reproductive technologies has increased dramatically over the last decade so yeah know, it's kind of pointing to there's there's you know it's There's, um, you know, they're expensive and it just there's another option that you can try too. So I think that's it's great to have those technologies for when these other options aren't working. But to know exactly what's going on and to be able to bring that into the conversation and say, hey, like, I think it's maybe my luteal phase or something. That gives the doctor, you know, a specific place to look where the hormonal imbalance may be Um, and then may be able to give suggestions to remedy that before moving uh-huh. to a more invasive and uh-huh. expensive choice.
2: So I saw um,
0: Ricky Lake and Abby
2: Epstein did the document. Or was it um, Being Born? or what The was Business it? of Being Born. The Business yeah. of Being Born. Um, I saw that several years ago and was super intrigued. Um, do you guys kind of agree with that s- school of thought? That maybe too many women are uh, falling prey to the medical industrial
0: complex or <laughs> factory babies.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, that movie had a huge impact. Uh, there's actually they just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. Yeah, they're
0: celebrating it. Um, They'll be coming out with new footage soon, actually, which will be awesome.
3: But yeah, it had a huge impact because it was kind of the first time that somebody got real and told us about all these things that were happening. Um, and so there's definitely many sides of the story. And as doulas, I guess, are lucky enough to have seen many different scenarios, there's definitely a lot of ha- ha- a lot happening with the system right now that doesn't allow people to experience... Pregnancy, labor, and birth in a way that um, in the way they expect. Maybe mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people doing great things out there, and there's a lot of options. But we think, and that's one of the reasons why we started started our practice and started cycles and sex, um, that a, a lot of the issues come come from misinformation. Just people not having the time to prepare or like finding themselves pregnant and it's just like almost it's like too too late mm. to to start even learning all these things. Um so that's kind of you know why we're doing what we're doing and what what why our mission is to help people get educated and get mm. access to information.
2: Yeah. So I feel, I was telling Steve before we started that like I feel like I've been kind of influenced by the you can schedule your C-section and like I don't know. For some reason, that makes me feel like you could have more control Mm -hmm. over the process. But, like...
0: Yeah. And which is funny, because that's... it comes down to control in so many ways, right? Like birth is the ultimate thing that you can't control. You don't know when it's going to start. We don't know how it's, what it's going to feel like, uh-huh. how long it'll last. And it really is, I mean, what a life lesson to have to just say, all right, I'm, I'm going along for the ride, like take me with you. And that's really what labor makes you, it's what you have to do in order to birth your baby vaginally that way. Um, and so all these technologies are there and for, for the better, of course, for when things go wrong, but when you're having a normal, normal, normal physiological labor they're there to help control it to make sure that something doesn't go wrong or you know that they're keeping an eye or or whatever it is um do you feel like there are a lot of do you do you hear from a lot of women that have
2: kind of that come to you with that sort of like i don't know a little like brainwashed
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a camp, but I think it's as research is showing the benefits of a vaginal birth over a C-section, that's changing a little bit. Uh Um, And just, you know, as people start to realize that it's actually major abdominal surgery, it's not just like, oh, it'll be, you know, in and out. It's, It's surgery that you then have to recover from and, you know, you're increasing your risk for infection and things like that. I think that's starting to shift a little bit, at least, at least. You know, we're probably we probably slant one way since we're doulas, so we're right. probably working with a specific population. But I would say overall, I do think that's starting to shift a little bit, at least where where we're located, not
3: necessarily across the globe, but
1: what are some benefits of vaginal birth? Of giving vaginal birth.
3: Well, first of all, Avoiding major abdominal surgery and all the risks that come to that, um, but now there's a lot of very interesting research that's like somewhat new, but there's more and more being done about the our microbiome and how that relates to, you know, like all the basically bacteria in your vaginal canal is being passed to your baby when you give birth vaginally, and there's a lot of research of all the benefits that come with that, long-term benefits and short-term benefits. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. So that's like a big one. Yeah. And
0: then also, so everything from obesity to asthma, they're different immunity builders. That's what they're looking at. And also as baby comes through the canal, because it's such a tight, cozy squeeze, um, it compresses the chest a bit, which can help clear fluids from the lungs, which is really beneficial for for the baby. Are um, there any
2: hormonal effects? For mom and or baby?
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, this isn't to knock C-sections no, all together totally. because sometimes they're exactly what someone needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, you're putting a ton, you're getting a lot of medication in order to have the surgery. And so one thing that we see is delaying, um uh prolactin can sometimes be delayed which is what allows you to breastfeed so it doesn't mean that you can't breastfeed and this doesn't happen for everyone but sometimes you know the switch over to mature milk from colostrum could be more so towards day five than day three mm. um which you know then sometimes makes it harder to start breastfeeding and formula might need to be introduced and so that's one of the things that we see mm-hmm. a lot um
3: there- I mean kind of going back to the hormone conversation there's a bunch of hormones that are working with you as you're in labor and different hormones pick at different times of labor Um, and so when you're introducing medication especially for like a surgery which you know obviously needs to be like really intense heavy like medication that's like knocking you down or you know like anesthesia um, you're basically disrupting all those hormones so the way people feel after surgery versus the way people feel after vaginal birth, especially if anesthesia hasn't been introduced, is completely different. Um, just, you know, people talk about just, like, bursts of energy. I mean, obviously, you're tired, and, you know, but the especially oxytocin, which is, we call that the hormone of love, is the hormone that we produce when we literally, you know, have sex, when we kiss, orgasm. hug. Uh, and it's, like, the hormone that makes your uterus contract. Uh, when you're in labor. Uh, It's also, it's the hormone that makes you feel good, basically, Um, it's as high, like it peaks as high as it will ever peak unless you have another baby. Um, And so that's why you feel all this bliss as soon as your baby is born, which unfortunately, might not be the case if you're having surgery. Right.
0: Particularly a planned surgery, because then the natural process of labor, which includes oxytocin, hasn't hasn't started. So again, that doesn't mean that you're not going to bond with your baby if you have a C-section. <laughs> it just means hormonally you aren't necessarily having that pump of oxytocin.
2: Does any of that affect uh, postpartum?
0: Yeah, it can. I mean... Hormonally, things are all over the place postpartum, no matter how baby was born. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, recovering from major surgery while having a newborn baby and not being able to sleep and all of that is definitely more challenging. It presents its own challenges for sure not being able, you know, it's difficult to get out of bed, not being able to bend, not being able to carry things. It's, you know, you're already healing no matter what, even if you give birth vaginally, and it's just a whole other level of healing if you have surgery as well.
2: Do you guys usually, as doulas, do you deal with uh, postpartum, like, after care, like, after baby's born?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, There's some doulas that focus mostly on postpartum care, um for us uh what we usually do is we help people throughout the pregnancy the labor itself and then we stay in touch with them postpartum usually do one or two visits postpartum uh-huh. but don't spend like you know like a full days with them um mostly because we're on call uh-huh. so it's really hard for our for our schedules to commit to being you know eight hours with you like a week after you give birth when we know we have other clients that might call us and might need us because they're in labor. Um, but there's definitely doulas that specialize in postpartum care. And I mean, I, I wish everybody had a postpartum doula because it can make a huge difference.
2: So so if you give birth vaginally, what I feel like, <laughs> it's hard to get a straight answer on this. What What are really, like how, long i don't know exactly what i'm asking but like your your body to like return to some semblance of your former self like what what's the recovery process like
3: yeah it's- is that
2: a, a gauche question I'm so sorry <laughs> no
0: no 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 i mean it's just so different for everyone yeah um you know i'd say like the trend is the first two weeks ten days is is the toughest. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people, that could be longer. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, the beginning, they love it, and then it gets harder. So it's it's really just hard to say. Um, but I'd, I'd say that things start, again, this is the trend, quote-unquote, start to normalize a bit, probably at the four-to-six-week mark. Um, but, you know, there's still emotional identity shifts that are happening that will continue to happen, and your, the body's still healing, and so...
3: And the truth is your body's changing regardless. So, you know, even if it goes back to feeling close to what it was, it is likely not going to be exactly the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if you're breastfeeding, you're still like going through all these hormonal changes for as long as you decide to breastfeed. And then if you, when you stop breastfeeding, there there's another huge hormonal shift. Then there's the shift of when you're, um, period comes back, which can happen really within the first few weeks, or it can take months and months and months. Oh, really? It's different for everybody. So there's all these like, you know, kind of like milestones that you're going (laughs) through that can change how you feel and how your body feels. So, you know, it's like what we were talking about at the beginning, we're always cycling. Interesting. Um, No matter, you know, where we are. (laughs) Is this your first pregnancy, Natalia? It is, yes. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you.
2: We were saying, uh, we were talking when you first came in about how, like, temperature feels different. Be- you being in New York pregnant versus not. Are you noticing any other changes that you totally were not expecting, even though this is your <laughs> right livelihood?
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I know I have so much information in my head about pregnancy, uh-huh. but it's been... Very different to experience it. It um, a lot of the things I've experienced, I knew that you know, were maybe could happen, but I'm still surprised every day of how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it, the nausea, I couldn't believe the nausea. I had the worst nausea the first trimester, and I couldn't believe humans existed. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) how is it possible that we still have a race if women have been feeling like this for so long? Imagine the worst hangover you've ever had. That's how I felt for three months, (laughs) all the time. Was awful. Steve's recovering from oh, one
2: right now. was oh, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: We'll talk about it after. But, oh, well,
3: there you go. So you, you can yeah, really No, yeah, I
1: wanted to die. So yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. So are yeah, you, lots of things.
2: Are you noticing any like kind of things that are like surprisingly delightful that you maybe didn't know?
3: Yeah, I mean, to be really honest i haven't necessarily loved being pregnant Uh which maybe i'm a little embarrassed to say but um some people absolutely love it and Uh love the whole thing and i haven't been one of those um was very sick at the beginning and now i'm just getting to a point i'm eight months pregnant so i'm getting to a point where i just feel very heavy and uncomfortable um but i guess my favorite thing is to feel the baby move is It's just crazy to feel a little human kicking you and moving inside and wondering, you know, who it is. And I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, so it's exciting to to just imagine. Uh, That's fascinating. (laughs) I see,
2: like, with – I feel like we're a little behind because in L.A. people take forever to have kids. But, like, the first couple friends are starting to have kids now, and it's so interesting even to just, like – look at the little the babies on Instagram or whatever and be like oh my god like what are they gonna grow up to be like it's just so fascinating
3: yeah yeah it's fascinating and scary
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I guess well hopefully the outcome is good (laughs) um yeah. Do you have other questions, Steve? No, I
1: don't. This has been really informative. It, it's I, you. You guys say that you want to like uh, demystify it, but I'm almost more. Um, I'm, it's almost, it's, it's, I'm almost more mystified now. Not that you haven't answered any questions, but that it's the experience is just so. Especially when we're talking about a woman's body, there's so much stuff going on. It's like a, some crazy factory that <laughs> that we just don't. We haven't talked about, and so. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm obviously, I'm anxious to learn more, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost more. The more you know, it seems like the more amazing the whole thing is.
0: It is. It's mind blowing. I mean, that's how we got into this work was because we realized we knew absolutely nothing. We actually coincidentally both both were working in nutrition and just realized that we knew absolutely nothing about pregnancy. We both had some pregnant clients and we're like, "What is going on?" And just the more we read, the more blown away we were by the defense mechanisms in place and it really i mean you talked about you know magic before it's it's magic but it's science and it's crazy it is Mm -hmm. crazy
3: yeah that's why we we always talk about the brilliance of our bodies which you know our company like our doula practice is called brilliant bodies um but in 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 terms of cycles and sex as we invite people to you know follow us, and come to the event, and um, just be part of like the movement that we're trying to create. We say, this, if, if you came from my uterus, this information is for you, and luckily at this point, all humans come from uterus, <laughs> Like we'll see in the next, you know, however many years, what happens. Uh, but basically, it, it really is fascinating for anybody, mm-hmm. uh, because most of us just don't know enough about our bodies.
2: I, yeah, I think, like, having the conversation is definitely the most important thing. It sounds like a lot of this does just dra- dramatically vary from woman to woman. Um, I would love to hear more about, like, who's going to be at the event. Yeah. I saw um, you have, God, I can't, I can't remember his name, but uh, a trans boy bleeder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cash j- Clemmer. Cass Clem, Yes, I started following him. Mm-hmm. But I was like this is so interesting. There's just like so much beyond just like getting pregnant to talk about when it comes to cycles and sex. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're and we're super excited for the event. Um so yeah, so we have a full day of of panels and speakers and Cass is part of a panel, the shifting culture panel, right? Yeah, so he's part of the shifting or they is part of the shifting culture. Um, panel, and it just reminds us that there's all different types of leaders, and it's really interesting to hear those perspectives as well that often aren't really given voice to. So, we're super excited to be able to do that. And, you know, I think what's cool about Cycles and Sex is that we really marry lots of different voices and perspectives together. So, we have academics, we have politicians we have medical professionals we have alternative practitioners and then we're also really valuing that of the shared human experience so your voice my voice our experiences that's so often you know one of the things we hear from our community all the time is that they go to their practitioner and they tell them what's going on and they're just not listened to and then uh-huh. you know they feel like they're crazy or it took them forever to figure out what was going on and so it's been really exciting to be able to provide a platform for people to share those experiences and nowhere to go for resources and tools. Um, so yeah, and then we have a we have a marketplace that'll be going all day with over forty vendors. Everything from local nonprofits who are doing amazing work in the field. You know, Planned Parenthood, um,
3: ACLU. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um Who else is going to be there? So many, so many people.
2: Ki- Ki- I think Kid, um, Kid Bell has some Yeah, Kid Bell's going to be
0: there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then we have to- the tools end of it. So Dame products and organic, you know, tampons and... Thanks. Um, Thinks, yes, which has been, Thinks has been amazing. They're one of our partners in Cycles and Sex and they'll be there and Icon will be there as well. And then this is kind of exciting. We also in the wellness area have um, cervical self-exams. So you can learn. Isn't that crazy?
3: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And and then the Pleasure chest is having a uh, pop-up. Not only they're going to sell their products, but they're also having sex education all day. So, um, and yeah, the
0: Pleasure Trust is amazing. They're also one of our partners, and they have a location here in LA and they do free programming. And what's so cool is, you know, we're all about. Education, but then also tools to be able to do something about it, and so that's what they do in their shop. And we're so lucky to have them doing sex ed all day to really bust some of those sex taboos that we have no idea about either. We're like, wait, what? A butt plug? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Surprisingly expensive for a good butt plug. Right? And then that's with the pleasure chest, and they've got good deals over there too. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much for coming and talking to us. Thanks for having us. I think Steve's going to give us a full review. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going. So, yeah, I'll give a full review. I love this stuff. I'll be taking notes.
0: Yeah, awesome. It's on Saturday, November 4th. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) At the Springs.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank
3: you. Thank you.